Hi everyone, this is Darius Sulam from Inside Scientific, the online environment for live science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Expert Answers. Today we are joined by Dr. Junsok Sun, Assistant Professor of Obstetrics, Gynecology, and Reproductive Sciences and Physiology at the University of Maryland. Recently, Jun joined us to discuss his maternal exercise protocol and its effects on neonatal metabolic health in mice. Let's dive in. So the first question I have for you is, could a motorized wheel or one with adjustable resistance be used as a less stressful alternative to a treadmill? Actually, uh, I don't know exactly what motorized wheel means, but I think it's going to be like treadmill exercise. And I have no experience using adjustable resistance on the wheel, but this is already used method and I uh, know there is specific equipment in the Columbus instrument as well as a mouse exercise model. So I think we can give more accurate answers after measuring the stress levels using that equipment. And I think uh, Chris have some answers about this. Oh, this is the Chris answers, yeah. Okay, great. We'll move on to another question for you here. Val asks, if their understanding is correct, that only female offspring were protected from diet-induced obesity with maternal exercise. Why did this happen? Were there differences in male and female offspring daily energy expenditure? Actually, I would like to empathize that uh, maternal exercise is beneficial in both female and male offspring, but we cannot get any significant differences of the body weight change in the males because uh, when we uh, measure, we measure skeletal muscle mass, the offspring, male offspring from the exercise mother has a lot of skeletal muscle compared to the offspring from the control mother. So, and we, when we measure the other metabolic contents, there are significantly, there, there are significant benefits in the males as well. So we can say that maternal exercise is beneficial for both female and male offspring. And yeah, so in our data, most of the data has no significant differences between female and males, even in daily energy expenditure. Uh, when we measure the metabolism using metabolic chambers, and which also showed the similar pattern with them. Okay, perfect. Thank you for that answer. Another question for you. Do you believe that voluntary wheel running versus treadmill running will result in different placenta kinds? I don't think so because voluntary wheel running and treadmill running are both are the aerobic exercise and aerobic exercise can secrete the similar placenta kinds in my thinking. But if we try to use the resistance exercise in mice, it may, it may be different, different placental kinds, but clearly voluntary field running and treadmill field, treadmill running has the similar result. Right. Perfect. How long do you think metabolic changes in the offspring will last? We used 12 weeks of offspring and that's the final age of age 
that we measure the metabolic uh, metabolic uh, components. And I'm not sure after the 12 weeks later, but when I checked the previous paper and previous references, uh, there are a lot of reports that maternal exercise have a beneficial in glucose uh, tolerance and insulin sensitivity, even uh, when the offspring grows up until 52 weeks, long-term effects as well. Okay, great. I think that answers the question. Another one here from Jacob. Is the apelin release intensity dependent? Exercise intensity dependent, I'm thinking? Yeah, it's, it, it will be possible. It's possible because usually hormones and the peptides can be uh, secreted uh, exercise intensity dependently, but we need to consider that there is a minimal intensity of intensity for inducing the, the hormone secretion. So, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think so. There will be a possibility. Perfect. And going down along that line of uh, thought regarding apelin concentrations, do you think changes in synthesis or release drive increase in protein concentration, or could there be changes in clearance or degradation? Actually, I didn't think about that really well. Yeah, I, I will need to think about more about this. Okay, cool. Here's a technical question for you. How do you overcome in treadmill training when the mice might refuse to run? Oh, yeah, that's that's very important and very significant question. So actually, most of the mice do not want to run. Actually, at the first time, they want to run. But after several minutes later or 10 or 20 minutes later, they do not want to run very well. So as one of the methods we used, uh, we used the spongy, as I shown in my slides. I'm not sure 100%, but the most of the mice do not want to touch with spongy. So when they touch with the spongy, they, yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> that's one of the first methods. So yeah, we try to use the spongy as an alternative method instead of the electronic shop. So, yeah. Okay, so Jonathan has some questions with putting female mice with HFD and getting them pregnant. In his work, they start their diets at two months of age, and they wanted to get them pregnant at three, four, and six months. But sometimes they get pregnant, and sometimes they do not, or they eat their children. How... Do you achieve it? How could you achieve it? Yeah, we also have the similar uh, experience because obese mother uh, usually is very difficult to get the pups from the obese mother because we are not uh, sure, but obese mother usually do not care their pups when after after exactly after delivery exactly. That was our challenge as well, but when we use the 60% of high-fat diet, they usually do not care their pups, but when you try to use the 45% of high-fat diet, they can care their pups. So usually we use the 45% of high-fat diet. Perfect. 
Perfect. Thank you so much for that. Uh, another question here. Do you think maternal exercise mimics a, a hostile ex-utero environment that programs the fetus to adopt a thrifty metabolism, so to say, accelerated adipogenesis to ensure survival? Yeah, uh, maternal exercise. Uh, actually, maternal exercise, the, the, the main benefits of maternal exercise is the adaptation. Maternal exercise can adapt the placenta development and can adapt the fetal development. Actually, the acute exercise looks not very good in the specific tissue because maternal exercise, for instance, maternal exercise can enhance the hypoxic condition in the placenta. And we know that hypoxic, a hypoxic condition in the placenta is uh, not very good in developing placenta itself and fetal development. So, but intermittent hypoxia in response to maternal exercise can be beneficial. So I'm, I would like to emphasize that the import, the major important thing is important thing of the maternal exercise is the adaptation. And I think the adaptation can explain your questions as well. Perfect. Thank you very much. Another question here. Are the placental cytokines or hormones that you've mentioned in your talk only generated in pregnant female or non-pregnant female? And do males also generate this kind of bioactive molecule? Yeah, uh, actually, the hormones and peptides I mentioned during my presentation can also be known as myokine or adipokine, which means they can be secreted from a muscle or adipose tissue in response to exercise as well. So they can be secreted from tissues, including the placenta, even non-pregnant women or pregnant women as well, from the muscle and the adipose tissue. So, but uh, what I'm talking is they can be uh, secreted very well during the exercise. And these secreted in response to exercise can be beneficial to reprogram the placenta and fetus. Right. And so going along with these bioactive molecules, um, how do you discriminate between them? If, if you're assuming that they're released into the circulation, that the, they're not tissue specific, they're not dependent on, on uh, tissue, how do you determine, how do you discriminate between them? Oh, uh, actually, yeah, for instance, apelin in the circulating level, it can be secreted from the muscle or those tissue or the placenta as well, but we do not measure and we do not experiment any, any experiment for examining these uh, apelin released from the, the specific tissues. But yeah, this will be, uh, will be conducted in the future. So excellent. In your opinion, out of the three thermogenic mechanisms promoted through maternal exercise, SLN, the UCP1, and uh, BAT, which one do you think is the most important? I can't say that because the UCP1 is traditionally known as a number one thermogenic pathway, but the other signaling path, the other one like uh, UCP3 or sacrolipine and the SARCA uh, signaling in the basic fat. I think the most of the signaling is very important because, you know, in the biological systems, there are a lot of and bunch of the signaling pathway is very important. And 
the UCP1 and sarcolipine and UCP3 can be active in the different tissues. And I think the most of the uh, signaling mentioned is very important. So I can't say the number, the number one. So. Yeah, of course. One last question I'll push for you. From a drug metabolism and pharmacokinetic perspective, have mm-hmm. the activities of drug clearing enzymes been evaluated in the pups to understand if there are potential CYP expression differences? <laughs> Actually, I didn't think about this really well. So I need to think about it more. <laughs> yeah, but in the drug discovery, Actually, I cannot uh, answer very well in the answer in the questions, but I would like to explain uh, the the initial reason that reason why I focused on the exercise study because exercise can stimulate a lot of hormones and a lot of uh, cytokines, and these hormones can be active very well. And I think if we find and if we target the specific uh, molecules and specific peptides as a pharmaceutical target, I think it can be useful to useful in the future. So, but I think this is a very, very initial stage to discover and to target and to find some drugs for them. Yeah, but yeah, this is very important and I think it can be uh, linked to the translation of research as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers, just like you, answer questions about their work and share science. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.